Hi, everyone, and welcome to Human Centered. I'm Nick Brunker, a group director of experience strategy at VMLYNR, and your host for the show. Thanks for giving us a listen. As we round things down in what was a crazy year for so many reasons, we thought we'd spend our final episode of 2022 as a prediction special and look ahead to what might be in store for us in 2023. In my mind, there isn't a better person to help us do just that than VMLYNR's chief experience officer and EMEA, Karen Boswell. Karen, thanks so much for doing this. Happy holidays. Yay! It almost is as well, isn't it? Thank you, Nick. It's an absolute pleasure and honor to be here for the final one of the year. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know that every year this time you're, you're, you're inundated across the internet um, and even in podcast land uh, with what's going to happen this next year and what are the trends and what are we looking out for? And, you know, there's so many things that you could uh, dive into, but rather than kind of going into individual predictions, I thought maybe you could help theme things for us. And, you know, maybe we'll go through a handful of themes that you're thinking through and, and just kind of talk through uh, what you're seeing theme-wise, thematically uh, in 2020. 2023. How does that sound? I think that sounds brilliant. And yeah, it's interesting. Actually, I, I do get asked a lot. What are your 10 things? Your five things? Your 20? And I'm like, oof, that is <laughs> difficult. Like 100 maybe? Give me 100. Give me 100. The list gets longer. So yes, I love this approach. So let's dive in. What's your first prediction for 2023? So I'm going to start in the heartland. And, you know, this is always relevant to my favorite podcast because it's all about being human centered. But I think um, probably not a huge surprise that we'll continue to see the human element um, becoming front and center, but less in big, grandiose ways when we talk about brands and businesses and much more in the everyday. And I think the significance of those little moments will become ever more important. And it's been an interesting journey over the last year. And and the reason I think this is um, a really important trend to be aware of is we work a lot with customer experience, okay? And, And customer experience succeeds in its best form when it's everybody's job. So that means that every person within an organization or a body of people, a business, a government even, need to be part of delivering for that experience. What people believe, what leaders believe, the drumbeat that they kind of start making, how they behave and how they create the conditions that break down silos and create organizational culture and excellence is a tangible part of how people, humans, interact with experiences every day, everywhere. And it's a volatile world at the moment. (laughs) And so I think we notice even more when a company is just selling or talking at us or to us. Mm -hmm. And you, you notice when employees are dissatisfied you notice when a brand isn't showing up or a business isn't listening to your needs or a government isn't taking um you know that little bit of extra attention and so you know sort of expand what customer experience means to be a bit of a a rally cry i guess for everybody that is in servitude of someone which at some point is all of us because it's a gift that keeps on giving to just remember the person um that is in that that sort of interaction, that touch point. And it feels like too, that that's a big challenge for organizations to look inward and say, we're not there yet, or we don't have that big of a commitment from maybe the top down or even within organizations where, and I think you, you hit it on the head where if it's everybody's job, 
then there is a kind of a shared clarity of where we're pointing the ship, so to speak. Yet, I think it, at least as you look at some of the organizations out there, differentiation this past year was pretty much flat. There was not a ton of, of major players that were, you know, leaping forward ahead of everybody else. And I think part of that comes too with how much of a commitment is, is the organization top down in, in injecting customer experience as a culture, not necessarily just a, a practice area or a department or something like that. And um, I, I'd be curious to, to hear kind of in your prediction of 23, do you feel like knowing how volatile things are in the economy, we'll talk about that in a little bit too, how hard is it going to be to actually commit with investment, knowing that we're in a weird time right now, economically, socially, um, to really buy into CX, it costs a lot of money. There's there's investment involved. That tension is really interesting. What do you what do you see, or do you see like some of the brands kind of leaning in and doing that? Is it going to be everybody starts to like flip the switch, or do you see the the trend line kind of staying you know somewhere in the middle where you're going to have a handful that really invest and really go forward, and, and you see that meteoric rise. Uh, and the rest fall, or is there is there kind of an alternative approach that you see happening? What I've seen over the last year is a concentration of all of the knowledge that if you invest in CX, you get the return to a business. The shift, like that's been escalated by the pandemic because behaviors were mm-hmm. hugely impacted. You know, 10 years of digital and technological adoption happened in two. So, you know, all of those things that companies were building for from a more products and services element uh, of the customer experience just got crunched really quickly. And I think the shift, therefore, is not so much on the what, but on the why. Like, why are we doing this? What is the unmet need Um, Are we building this product because our customers need it or want it? Or are we building this product because it's selling well in the marketplace or our competition have have launched this product? Are we creating this service because there is a white space here and our customers can't fulfill an unmet need? Or are we building this service because we watched them do it and therefore we think that we should do it? So that um, shift away from decisions based on mimicking everybody else and instead shifting to the why of CX before the what of CX. So designing for an unmet need and then worrying about how you make it better than everything else in the marketplace Mm -hmm. is um, probably the most common across sector trend that I'm, I'm seeing, which is brilliant because that is the heart of design thinking and you know that's kind of you know i've never seen design thinking fail if you find an unmet need and you design the right solution for that unmet need and then worry about making it brilliant and and everything else and you you really honestly can't go wrong and so the investment in those decisions and the investment to build cx in the right way we're seeing preference uh, preference of brands shoot up by you know up to 400% Um, We're seeing recommendations shoot up to almost 400% as well. And these are stats that come from uh, BAV, our our, our brand asset valuator. So it's super interesting. That goes across different sectors. We know that CX lifts value by 56%. 
um, worth more than 118% we've seen um, if you sort of take a, a collect all. And, and that's talking to all adults and um, understanding what they want back from brown. So that's not our bias. That's not our perception. That's um, BAV is the biggest study of customers' perception of brands and how they're treated by them. So, you know, trust is a big factor. Brand esteem is a big factor. And all of those go back to why, not what. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think you're, you're pulling on that I really, really uh, think is going to be an interesting uh, thing to watch next year is the um, inextricable, you know, unmistakable link between employee experience and customer experience, which is essentially kind of how you teed that up um, in this first prediction of the human element that that is involved here. So much of this year, I feel like we've seen and heard both in, internally in our walls and across a, pretty much every industry, you know, the, the great resignation or attrition across different industries, people looking for other jobs um, and and how obviously that's driven by something, um, you know, either you know, displeasure in where you're currently at or, you know, any number of additional factors, financial factors, et cetera. Um, but it's like you think through a customer experience lens, you're not going to drive results unless your employees are bought in. And so more and more, um, I, I would expect and love your thoughts on this, too, um, seeing the brands that win are the ones that are winning the employee experience game as well as customer experience because th- those aren't mutually exclusive and probably never will be. I completely agree. Um, one of the one of the um, phrases that I've heard a lot in the last six or seven months is this idea of silently quitting. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, what's that? When it, but yeah, just people sort of doing the bare minimum and, and sort of hanging on to their jobs. And that does start to show up. Like it starts to show up and it's a slow and steady, but sure decline. And yeah, no, I I agree. And and one of the things that I've um, personally witnessed a lot um, being at the heart of driving change so that companies can deliver great CX is is that focus that you touch on there. And, um, you know, our practice uh, has become much more founded on transformation for CX than CX transformation. Mm -hmm. And the difference between that is that our starting point more often now is looking at the culture and conditions that a company need to um, put in place to set them up for excellence in customer experience. And so um, it's interesting, actually. So I keep getting asked a lot about, you know, what's your technology prediction? But um, to bring it back to a theme, I, I, I am very excited by human enabling technology. And one of the emerging conversations that is starting to bubble up and I'm you know, very hopeful for next year is the adoption of this across businesses. So businesses looking at, um, you know, the advancement of technologies that enable their workforces to do things better and easier. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about robotics or AI, you know, enabling technologies that allow people to get their jobs to be done within a workforce that enable them to better understand their customer and the customer needs, that enable um, leaders to forecast and reward on customer success, not sales performance. You know, there's some really interesting conversations going around, around the sort of data and technologies that connect 
human need to performance and that is driven by enabling employees to deliver better customer experiences and to your point people are part of that experience like the the person you walk into a dealership and talk to is part of the brand experience the person you talk to online trying to solve a problem is part of the experience and i think um my personal passion sort of in that area um is is on the empathy lens as well so uh, companies that are starting to really understand the softer side of culture, the um, how their staff are feeling, um, how energized or not they are putting, you know, I like to sort of talk about EQ before IQ in the boardroom and really helping everybody adopt a people first approach to solving problems that I believe is what will drive more sustainable growth for businesses for a number of reasons. We touched on them a little while ago. At the end of the day, technology is absolutely useless if people don't adopt it, right? So if we can put the right technologies to enable people into the heart of businesses to drive better customer experiences, again, it's a very simple formula, often overlooked, <laughs> um, but it will drive positive change. Yeah, I think it, it reminds me of something you said back in March when we, you were down at South by. Um, it was it was technology plus human need is the you know combination of the formula, if you will, for a winning experience. And I think that that plays really really well uh, to the the other thought around making a strategic investment in an area in a time that. Um, Budgets are tight. I mean, everybody's trying to, you know, be careful with, you know, what they're spending their money on. And I, I don't know if, if I believe that next year is going to be, you know, more important than this year in in being able to identify ROI because it's always important, right? When you're you're trying to create, you know, a, a case for an investment of some kind. But I, I do get a sense that there are going to be brands this year that don't do a good enough job and by by proxy end up losing out on customer experience or just general transformation because they're not making a strong enough case both from an emotional perspective empathy and also obviously business perspective that value-centered triangle we always like to talk about in 23 because everybody's going to be scraping and scrapping for every last dollar or pound. And there's only, it's at least it's seemed in 22, so much to go around. So in your case, as kind of somebody who um, at the executive level is in those conversations, talk a little bit about building that business case for CX in the year ahead. Because I, I would think that that's going to be a huge, huge barometer for success next year. The people that, that get the CX investment are the ones that tell the right story. What is that story in your mind? I think, again, it's incredibly simple. <laughs> when you actually like boil these things right down, if you invest in answering a need that hasn't been met by a bunch of people that need that need met, and you build the thing to answer the need, they're gonna use the thing that answers the need. <laughs> if I put that same thing in business kind of speak, invest in where your customer audiences will buy from you once, twice, moreover, invest in loyalty, expect their loyalty in return, you shall have a better overall return on your investment. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to that, <laughs> you know, the same thing. It's it's what do your audiences want? 
can you deliver for that authentically, viably, ethically every single time? Mm-hmm. Great. Great. You got yourself a <laughs> and plan. It, it, it's, <laughs> I know. And it, do you know what? It never ceases to amaze me how many conversations I do have at an executive level where, you know, understandably and rightly so, they have business growth objectives um, for X number of whatever products in however many markets mm-hmm. and a trajectory to get customers to buy the thing from them. And my first question is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do as a business to encourage or enable them or empower them to buy the thing from you? Do you understand why they're likely to buy it from you? And once you reframe that business KPI into a customer success metric, it's a much easier case to build for because then you are certain that you have an addressable audience, a bunch of people that need the thing, a product that you can get to them on their terms, at their point of their journey with you, bearing in mind that we are maybe 1% of their day at best. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got all these other things going on, this thing called life <laughs> that we are <laughs> disrupting with our messaging and our products and our services. Um, so if we have that kind of approach to meeting them where they are and solving that problem, what you spend delivering that to them will be much less than if you're just trying to shout amidst everything else. It's um, Somebody gave me the analogy once of, you know, worrying about your ad spend um, is a bit like dropping a, a rod into the ocean and worrying when somebody else pulls up next to you and starts fishing. It's like, there are so many fish in that <laughs> sea. It's like, people are blind to it. So it's just be there in the right moment with the right thing at the right time. It'll be much more cost effective. Love it. So that's kind of prediction number two. Let's talk about another one. And, and we talk emotion and, um, you know, the, the, the feeling, the emotional equity that goes into customer experience. Talk about that, because I know that's one of your predictions for next year and the, the idea of emotion and what emotions are going to drive 2023. You know, and it is, it is really important. And I think people, leaders have really started to understand that the best experiences deliver at the cross section of function and emotion. And when I think about the amount of anxiety and worry and concern and pessimism around our global economy, um, the cost of living, you know, interest rates going up, unemployment going up, funding and loans becoming harder to secure, I think the hopeful overriding and leading emotion will be optimism. And the reason I say that, this is actually inspired by um, Ipsos, who who have done their annual report and released it, and it popped up in a feed the other day. Um, They talk in their report about the dip in the expectation that significant positive change will happen. And they talk about that in in light of both the economy Mm. and the environment. (laughs) Two fairly significant (laughs) challenges on our horizon, I think it's safe to say. And I think I believe, therefore, that the challenges that leaders face, and I mean all leaders, um, is overthrowing that pessimism, overthrowing that anxiety, overthrowing that worry with as much optimism as can be found. So this sort of like fear of the future drumbeat isn't going to work. We need to design for change to be inclusive, 
not dictatorial, like how we trade, sell, build services, experiences need to be designed for that cross section. And it's got to be with ease of function and empathy, like the right kind of empathy um, for the need whatever that need might be. And we were talking about this with Kalita uh, McDade in our last conversation in one of our previous episodes, and it, it was about the need to do just that and design for change and be, you know, iterative, because that was the kind of the theme of it, which is always be kind of um, iteratively evolving as you move through. Because right now, and you see this better than anybody, things are moving so fast that you know new technologies or new breakthroughs in existing technologies are changing the way you know customers are engaging and it goes back to the last prediction about you know human enabling technology but also thinking through like as these these new horizons like we talk about the next phase of the internet uh, Craig talks about that as well um, you know metaverse is the buzzy buzzword but like the the new ways that people are going to be engaging with brands introduce new ways to drive some some of those emotions you're talking about I think we have time for one more let's do one more prediction uh, about 2023 it, it would be interesting to get your thoughts on the ego that, that lives in our society across the board across different uh, different places of the world um, political agendas I mean obviously in the United States we just are coming off an election year there's a lot of just aggression in the system right now um, and I know that that's one of the uh, parts of your your fourth and final prediction of the show. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the tolerance of ego. I think it's safe to say um, there are mass behavioral changes that are starting to move away from being tolerant of ego-driven agendas, political advances. And I think with all of these seismic shifts and disruptions that we've seen over the last year, cultures, markets, countries, however you want to sort of group people, are becoming more tolerable of each other. But those bodies of people in, par in parallel are becoming less tolerable together and therefore creating more impact against ego-driven agendas. And I think um, there is a big job to be done um, and we see it a lot in political elections, you're absolutely right, but removing those agendas that do not serve the people, whoever those people are, whether we're talking about those employees or those customers, a market or a country, we're seeing a lot of voter apathy, um, a lot of voter alienation, mm -hmm. so either not being motivated to vote or not feeling that that vote has any meaning to you. Right. Like those things are on the rise. And what's more worrying is that it's the young people, the minority groups, who are some of the most critical in driving the right sustainable change that aren't getting involved because they don't feel motivated to or heard or listened or they, they can't relate to the business or the company or the political leader or the agenda behind any of those things. So this growth, when we talk about growth and we just sort of talked about designing for change, if you design for growth, you only really design for a short period of time. If you design for change, you grow for sustainable growth, whether you're a business or the leader of an economy, when you architect a campaign or an agenda, you have to design for the people as the primary beneficiary so that you design for change. And that's what the sustainable future, I believe, will be built on. 
So yeah, no to ego. <laughs> in, in the in the egotistical sense of ego. Not the yeah. spiritual one, obviously. <laughs> I, th- I think, though, that, that you bring up what is obviously a, a touchy subject, no matter who you're talking to and when. Um, you know, obviously, you know, in my position being in the United States, you being across in, in, um, in Europe and having, you know, connections with everybody in the EMEA region, I still think there's, there's a, a common thread of brands across the world are in a really tenuous time with how they react to some of that political noise um, or just you know agenda-driven noise that comes into the system. I mean, you talk about the, the theme of cancel culture that we've seen in 2022 and how, yes, if, if at the end of the day, if you're driving change through serving people, you're on the right track. But it feels like there's going to be an, an interesting focus, especially in the United States, as we, 23 is kind of that middle year between the midterm elections and then what really has begun the 2024 presidential campaign season. Um, brands taking stands, which we know customers really value, yet being cognizant enough to just kind of get away from the noise that is potentially you know muddying the waters and focusing on truly what does the customer need? Um, because there is so much um, just junk, so to, so to speak, in the system that can start to pollute the, the real point of, of driving change, which is what is the human need and how can we serve it? Because everybody is screaming at each other from both sides of political aisles and just ideologies that, I don't know, as a, as a leader of a brand, uh, I would be really, really challenged by that because in today's climate, it feels like if you make one wrong step, you're hosed. Uh, and, and that's a, a very interesting thing to be able to, to navigate, especially as we look ahead to, to what's in 2023. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, how do you, how do you walk that tightrope in, in this climate? It's interesting, actually. I had this conversation with um, our friends over at the, the Little Black Book um, just a few days ago. And uh, we were talking about, you know, mass disruption, mass abandonment, mass adoption, all of the, you know, the output of, of what we're talking about here has resulted in big gaps in markets. And, you know, Amir is a culturally and emotionally diverse market. And Amir is very different to North America and all the different markets within North America versus South America. And, you know, we, across the world, there are so many different um, feelings and emotions and behaviors. And I think the leaders and organizations that are falling back into comfort zones amidst uncertainty on how to deal with that um, are creating a bigger gap versus those that are designing for the change. So whether that's defaulting to trade first advertising versus building services that meet your customer needs, whether that's um, embracing, you know, EQ before IQ, as we've talked about, or just defaulting back to KPI-driven drumbeats because that's how we do it here. <laughs> God, I'm not hearing that. <laughs> that's not how we do it here. Well, it is now. Anyway, whether that's, you know, we talked about um, employees leaning in to help their, um, sorry, leaders leaning in to help their employees versus just sitting back and letting them silently quit. But all of those gaps are becoming bigger because you've got the very simple choice to either design for change or not. And those that are leaning into designing for change are thriving and those that aren't, aren't. 
Um, and, and we have more and more proof of this now. We have more and more metrics, more and more um, data that tells us that change, as we know, is driven by people, designed for the needs of the people, solved for the needs of the people, survival of the fittest will follow. It is not rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> and thank goodness for that. I, I, I love that we've had a chance to do this. I also love that now we are both on the record uh, so that we can go back this time next year and look back yeah. at how we did. Just, you know, as a good CX pro, as you are and, and uh, as I am, we would, we would be uh, remiss in our duties not to go back and, and see how we did in these these predictions. So thank you so much for doing this. And um, it's always a pleasure catching up. I'm sure we'll, we'll do this a lot in 2023. And um, hopefully you and, uh, and your family have a great holiday. Thanks again. Oh, bless you, Nick. And, and to you and your loved ones as well. See you this time next year. <laughs> yes, looking forward to it. And thanks to you all for listening to Human Centered as well. To learn more about our CX practice at BMLYNR and our approach to the work, you can check us out on the web, bmlyr.com slash CX. We'd also love to hear your feedback on the show. Give us a rating and offer up your thoughts wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, and more. Have a topic idea you want to hear in 23 or just drop us a line? You can connect with me on Twitter or just shoot us an email. The address is humancentered at vmlyr.com. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.